Nice morning. All right, we got a plan here. It's going to be a good one. I figure a lot of the time people talk about being red pilled. People talk about a lot of things. They use the word red pill aware. And if you don't know, it's kind of a joke that we have for people that watched a couple podcasts, read a few books, but haven't done sweet FA with their life. So in the efforts of combating this, I'm actually going to go through a lot of the old sidebar stuff. So when somebody talks about being red pilled, you have half a clue what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> I'm late, but so is the show, Ryan. Hey, John. Hey, Jerjan. Hey, everybody in the chat. Uh, I'm going to skip right to it. Let's get started. Where is Interact? So the first thing, and this is for single guys, there's really two different red-pilled syllabus, I guess. First one, this one's going to be for single guys. First thing you see is something called Michael's story. And I think a lot of people get this wrong. So I've done some efforts to kind of collect this, make it a little bit easier to digest. It's actually called all of Michael's story because there's always that first section you read and then a bunch of stuff you don't. All right, 38 guys in the chat, eight likes. Thanks guys, smashing that like button. If you like what these are, if you like how these things go and they do well, I'm gonna start doing a lot more of them because there's about 30 or 40 pieces we gotta get through. Anyways, so Michael's story is a story about a guy who realizes uh, the old rules don't apply anymore. And it's a way of setting the tone for the rest of a guy's red-pilled experience, I guess, for lack of a better word. There was a post on Dalrock's blog. And if somebody reading this doesn't know, Dalrock was a Christian man married in his 40s or 50s, something like that. And he liked the theoretical and the top-level analysis of male and female relations and how they're changing over the years. He had done an article where he showed how girls that were waiting a lot later in life, I think the ages are from 23 to 27, to settle down and find a good man in their life. Um, he was noticing that if you check the longitudinal studies on this five years later, their ability to get in a relationship later on when they want it's not quite there. So you can take two things from it. Well, a few things from it. So I kind of articulated them here. So if you're looking for a woman to wait until later in life to settle down, it's likely you're going to look to your elders. How, how did they fare on it? And accelerate that trend. So many women are still able to do this. And this kind of describes the misconceptions about the wall. A lot of guys think that, bam, once a girl hits 30, she's ridden the carousel, she has nothing left, and then it's spinsters and cats, which is not true. Because of thirst and because women tend to be, you know, some look better, some look worse. A lot of them are still able to have their cake and eat it too, which is going to be the thrust of this. But put a pin in that. We're going to get back to it. Um, women who don't want to marry aren't marrying. Those who do want to may not be able to. That's another truth and another red-pilled fact you got to understand. Dalrock speculates that the relationship market's eventually going to turn into a seller's market where if there's a guy who wants to settle down, have a relationship, long-term, marriage, whatever, that it's eventually going to be in a place where he gets a better idea of what to choose from. And, which is true, problem is it's not going to be on a good enough timeline for any of us to enjoy it. So look at those guys that are, you know, 15 years old, 16 years old now, once they hit 25, it may matter for them. So it's far gone. Don't have to worry about it. And then what a lot of people also do is they assume, oh, well, that's just because of, and they bring up certain demographics, certain ethnic groups. 
yeah, you check it and it's across the board. The only difference is some groups are lagging behind others, which is why you see a lot of the memes now about uh, traditional Muslim women or better women or Eastern Russia. It's like they're all on all roads are pointing in this direction. Having said that, I'm going to go through Michael's story. So he starts with, hi, my name is Michael. I've been reading this website for three days. I'm shocked to see I've been experiencing written in such perfectly stated ways. Never before have I seen a blog or media outlet so perfectly written. The writer is surely a genius. I'm amazed and relieved to see so many responses. It means I'm not alone. For 32 years old and never been married. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm not sure which at this point. I have no kids. I am single, alone, not dating anybody. I live in L.A., I make 120k a year net after creative deductions and business taxes in 2011. I'm projected to make 170,000 in 2012. Exactly the kind of independent man that women claim they want. I drive a luxury car with an amazing apartment in Los Angeles directly on the beach. I'm sure you guys can read this as we're going along here, but I want you to see right here. This guy is leading with what we would call beta provisioning behaviors. Men tend to be compartmentalized in a relationship with one of two things, either the lover or the provider. Now, in times of scarcity, when times are tough, famine happens, provision is a wonderful trait to have and it's selected for. However, in times of abundance, similar to what we've had now, thank you, Industrial Revolution and Information Age, it gets sidelined in favor of what you would call alpha behaviors or things that make a girl's tingle or the lover archetype, however you want to refer to it. Do you want to be hot or do you want to be stable? Do you want to be the boyfriend or do you want to be the dad? You kind of get where I'm going with this. Um, he continues to go on here with he's doing all the right things. He brings up money a lot because his hard work ethic, his Puritan work ethic is how he considers himself valuable. We would call this a plow horse. He's working basically to provide for somebody else and he's getting resentful that they don't want it. He brings up uh, his Christian faith, which, I mean, that's a whole other ball of wax. But essentially, at least in the States, the church has kind of abandoned men because, well, I'll leave that one to Rolo because that's more of that top level stuff to his. But Here's the point, though, where you kind of understand where his flawed mental models are and how this sets the tone for most guys, single guys, during their red pill journey. His parents got together when they were in high school. They've been sweethearts, you know, 30, 40 years, whatever. So I went to the same college my parents met and married at. I was hoping to meet, marry, and settle down. Instead, I was met with hundreds of young college-age women who were not interested in marriage. They want partying and sex. 24-7 F-Fest. At first, I was able to begrudgingly socialize in this, in this element. Now here, I want you to pay attention here because the way he writes this and the words he uses are important. You notice there's a very seething superiority about it. Begrudgingly socialize, as in he was above it all, but he had to wallow around with the plebs. This is another one of those things that really creates some resentment in guys and causes a lot of the issues they're having. So... Extreme social promiscuity, cheating, drama, jugs, and parties. I was an observer, but never a direct participant because my heart would not let me. Now, this may be true, but from my experience, I've seen when guys start to blame external factors on their internal decision-making, it usually means they're afraid of making decisions or they're afraid of failing at making the decisions. Another thing to hear about. 
Yeah, and Chesty brings it up. It's a good point here. Gamma. We'll get into the gamma side of things later. Let's just focus on this one. So, the vast majority of these young girls vigorously pursued college sex life like you would not believe. They have sex with a large variety of guys, what I would personally call lily padding, which I don't know where that term came from. I'm usually the guy who like references 1940s slang. So the fact that I haven't heard of this one means it's probably like the 1870s. <laughs> um, okay. And it didn't help at the time. I was cash strapped, broke, working a minimum wage job and eating ramen noodles. See, this is again, in college, he thought he would be more worthwhile to girls, except for he didn't finish his life plan of earning a lot of money to win a girl's respect. It's a weird thing you're going to notice that with a lot of traditional conservative mental models, it's really like a soft prostitution. The idea is you should be able to buy a girl's affections. You putting food on the table is what makes you valuable to her. But I mean, in this day and age, we got supermarkets and girls have jobs. Bacon costs $3 a pound. So bringing home the bacon doesn't mean much anymore. Uh, it hurt me to watch these girls go out of their way to pursue and spread their legs for complete losers. Complete losers. This here, it's a coping mechanism. Think it through. If there were complete losers here, if they were complete losers, what does that say for him? Doesn't really think that through. He's inferring that he's not a loser, but he's also inferring that girls are stupid and don't know what they want. I would argue they know absolutely what they do want is just that's not what he wants. And so he has to create this narrative, this narrative fiction to square that circle. So his in his mind, the way he thinks it means to be a man, which means to have a good job and earn lots of money, is still held together. But it's a house of cards. I'll say this much right now. You watch those old Elliot Rogers tapes, and he has a lot of language that mirrors this stuff. So uh many nights he could not sleep because a girl's getting railed one two and three and four dorms down again that's seeding resentment i guarantee you i've i've lived in the barracks a lot of years i've had <laughs> i've lived with roommates who were like hey man just turn around pretend to sleep for a minute i'm like yeah sure i got you you can sleep through just about anything <laughs> um okay and he keeps bringing up the different things so a lot of these guys he brings up Super scraggly, unattractive, heavy drug user, covered in tattoos, majoring in music studies. Basically the scruffy musician. Super attractive, super alpha, makes girls tingle. No provider instinct whatsoever. And this is his first exposure to what Rolla would call the alpha Fs and the beta bucks dynamic here. Unfortunately, he just sees it as girls are stupid. Why don't they just like the beta bucks side of things? Um, the guy was open about his exploits with her and told me not to worry because practically every guy he knew already had her. Again, this guy's got a real hard-on for a lot of these same mental models that a lot of like young Christian men especially, but just young unattractive men tend to have where I can fix her. I can take the whore and make her a good girl again. It's that covert contract of I can fix her and then she'll be eternally appreciative of me. Throwing some money in the pot just in case, you know, leave it on the nightstand. That's what you're at. So he was looking for an LTR leading to marriage. He would trade numbers, talks, get feel for a good, was a good person. Then she would go to other guys and find out something like this. Again, he's finding out that, yeah, dating isn't marriage. There's no expectations of monogamy. And even in marriage, there's not really. I mean, the days where adult, adultery, as far as I know, only the American military still has adultery as a crime. 
everywhere else it's been completely it's like drugs it's basically been decriminalized so if you're expecting a full-blown marriage not to have consequences like this why are you expecting a girl after you exchange phone numbers to be monogamous wearing a sun hat and a summer dress it's just again it's very easy to see when you see people doing it to themselves because you don't have that ego investment but for a lot of guys you have an ego investment you can't see this you see the way that you've built your mental models and for you that's the only way it could possibly be anyways as time was labeled as time went on i was labeled husband material label resulted in dero dates all through college so again they're telling him what he wanted to hear oh you'd be a great husband oh you'll be a great father someday they just know girls hate conflict and so they will say things to feed your ego to manipulate you to become passive i guarantee you had you seen this guy in any one of these interactions it would have been an unattractive cringy display guaranteed even though he's completely oblivious to it um i'm gonna skip a lot of this because for the most part he's just ragging on the guys who are getting what he wants and not doing it the way he thinks they should and it comes to a point and a head on this now there's i'm gonna preface this when guys usually read this this is the point they take away from it. And this is why I've kind of expanded on it. And we'll talk about that later in the episode here. But he confronts these girls, brings up that you can't have your cake and eat it too. And most guys take it from that. All right, so there's some kind of bubble. It's going to come and everybody's going to get their comeuppance. But that's not the case. And the one girl in here explains it to him. So 8 to 10, gorgeous white girls. 18 to 24, he asked them if they planned to get married. They all said yes. In the future, someday, maybe. And what would he think about you slutting it up? She goes, you know, you never know. And it's none of his business. Again, they're going to do this stuff and they're going to hide it when they want to settle down with a guy. It's just the nature of things. Um, if you guys haven't read my book, Fuck Files, I talk about this in chapter two with this girl I had went with. Her name was Rose. Fiance talked nothing but well about her fiance, but still ended up getting with me. They just compartmentalize men very well into the lover or provider thing and lately we just don't seem to have any cross connect in that so you just have to be aware of it and they suggest they don't want to get married until 27 28 maybe sooner it depends they told me i should be happy because nice guys finish first in the end sit there wait and your time will come sir can you believe that a lot of guys waste a lot of years of their life believing that I mean, at this point, we've had enough simp discussions that if people still believe that, I don't know what to tell them. This is 2011. This is before OnlyFans. So anyways, he says you can't have your cake and eat it too. This one girl, Kayleen, had sex with 30 guys in one semester. Not one of them was him, even though he had a huge crush on her. Let me tell you something. Not only am I going to have my cake and eat it too, I'm going to have it with ice cream and sprinkles. All the girls laughed. You can't beat this kind of situation. And you know what the worst part is? Or best part, depending on how you look at it. It's that they're right. Girls are going to go have fun. They're going to wait until later on in their 20s to settle down. And when they do, they're going to find some guy who's a great provider, but doesn't give those same tingles because the guys that she used to get with that had those things never stuck it out with her. That's just the way it is. So the question you got to ask yourself and Wade infers this here is you have two roles you can be. You can be that musician dirtbag in this one, or you can be the good loving Christian. Extreme examples, but you'll find some kind of like middle ground that appeals to your sensibilities. Anyways, he goes in about how it's an unfair system. 
a guy's willing to give, you know, 10 years of his life, all of his income, work himself to death for a girl, and she's not even willing to give him a few years of her youth. All I can say is if you're in a situation where, oh, did I just lose the internet? Anyways, if you're in a situation where you're getting a raw end of the deal, why do you consider you, why do you think it's worth actually trying to get a good end of the, like, why would you keep up your end of the bargain? It makes no sense. Anyways, I'm a man. I'm very visual. He just basically says he doesn't want a 30-year-old washed-up girl. He wants a young, virginal 20-year-old. Extreme examples, I know. Uh, at 30, and he talks about the wall. At 30, her appearance seems to go down. Uh, all the stuff that we talk about. I'm sure there's 500 red pill channels out there complaining about how women and the wall, and they just don't know any better, and they're going to get their comeuppance. And it tells you everything you want to hear. It's very cathartic. Hit the like button. Go back home. You know, play around with Celestina, your little doll. So his conclusion of this, and I would say he's kind of MGTOW before MGTOW got big. He just refused to ever get married. He goes, why would I sign on for that deal? That's probably the smartest thing he said. Um, so he said he's only got three options. Marry a 30-year-old woman, marry a woman in her 20s, and be single and enjoy my money. Problem is, he doesn't really know how to get those girls in their 20s. Because everybody who they like, he calls a dirtbag and just... Shuffs it off. Uh, ben in the chat here right now, he's asking, I don't get how he calls himself a Christian, yet no mention of time spent in church. See, that's a funny thing too about field reports and why I suggest a lot of guys write them. Because when you look through this, you will see what guys consider important. Typing takes time. So when you type something in here, it's something you thought was an important detail. Notice his talk of Christianity may be a paragraph, but there's a thousand words in here complaining about how women are giving him a raw deal and he's getting used goods. He again quotes the Bible, promiscuous women, her feet never stay at home. Anyways, this... A woman's past should be grounds for immediate divorce. Now, here's the part that everybody stops reading. They see that as a very cathartic thing. It's actually good. So from a red-pilled perspective, it helps go to guy into the anger phase, which is really the first step of making any roads in your new mental models, your new life, being more successful in the ways that matter to you. People stop there, they get angry, they get riled up, they read Esther Villa, which I'll do in another episode if these ones do well. Here's the part that you, as a more switched on audience, needs to take from it. Another guy in there, Furious Ferret. He's a helpful red pill guy. And he tells him, looking at Michael's story, I would like to point out one concept pertaining to Christian youth today. His mentioning of attractive women that he considers an eight is interesting. He specifically mentions these hot women, describes their slutty party behavior, and how he played the Orbiter to them. If you guys don't know, Orbiter is guy being friend-zoned, giving girls tons of validation, receiving no sexual gratification in return, simply put. He also mentions how he was an observer and didn't want to join in the party scene. Well, you have to pay to play, my man. What Christian youth don't understand or want to comes to grips with is that both hot women and men are likely going off to the fun life. They have the most temptation because of all the pleasures off at their feet. There's something Christian men and women have to understand. You will likely not get somebody hot. It's a bit depressing, but it comes into play later here. So the, cause of, the cognitive disconnect he feels is understandable. When you read about him on paper, he's quite the catch in 1950s. Law school, good raids, who cares? Respectful towards women, putting him on pedestal doesn't mean anything. Status in 2,000 plus is all that matters. In fact, you're shooting yourself in the foot, which he is. 
he's acting in a way that signals i want to be a 40 year old father when he's in his 20s truly attractive men and women leave the church when they realize that it's more fun if you don't want to enter the party life and use game your chances to get a true eight plus is very slim when you're young i mean how many true eights are there in church social circles they're rare if there's an eight every single guy with any balls is trying to get her the competition is fierce he's setting himself up for failure and he's convincing himself it's everybody else's problem and this is again this is the mental model that you really want to articulate understand and then kill inside you as quickly as possible Anyways, however, most men will have to settle for a five or a six if they actually want a 1930s style with no sexual activity before marriage type of relationship, blah, blah, blah. So the part that matters, and this is the part that nobody reads, is where Michael says, yes, I do feel I deserve a 7.5. Why? And again, beta buck stuff. I got a good job. I'm a good father. Meanwhile, she wants the guy that earns less than me. Well, he's picking the wrong metrics. This is no different, by the way, than watching... I'll use an American reference when Clinton supporters were talking about how she won the popular vote. Like, that's not the game. <laughs> so I don't know what you're trying to do. And his solution to this, absolutely horrific, Mormonism. He's like, the, the solution is just to get a better religion with hotter girls. So some people just don't want to be fixed. He doesn't want to understand the real life solutions. He doesn't want to have a real life solution to his problems. He just wants the world to accommodate his whims, which it's probably the most annoying thing about any kind of trad con or traditional conservative mindset is their children morally ethically mentally the mental models are all ones of children things aren't fair mom fix it for me essentially anyways a bunch of other guys kind of pile on about this stuff after that he does some reflection i'm still getting used to the terms expressed however i'm familiar with alpha and beta i want to be beta in my off time i don't want to put in the work to be an alpha that's what i have to do at work right there this guy's in for a world of hurt even if he were to end up getting some as he puts it washed up 30 year old woman he's gonna act like alpha at work come home beta comfort lean in on that stuff wives get bored and this is why wives cheat because they do it no tingles from the man they're with they actually can't stand him another article i'll probably go on a different one is one from archwinger called where every Every unhappy wife is a rape victim. And it's a wonderful article and it really does bring home the depth in that one line that he put in there. Again, his solution to this stuff, because he's really not listening, he's just waiting for his turn to speak. Has anyone created a simple line chart showing a woman's age, window of opportunity relative to her fertility experience? I want to email it to someone I know. Thanks. So, the one thing I will say about this is you can't red pill people he didn't want to learn he wanted to cope he wanted to sulk he wanted to be right he didn't want to be happy he didn't want to win and this is probably the most frustrating part that will jade you once you've been red-pilled for a while and you see how painfully obvious stuff like this is is that these guys will cling to this narrative in their head more than anything the idea of him actually enjoying casual sex, being that hot alpha guy, as he puts it, and being able to attract a woman where he could actually use his beta capabilities to keep her around, unheard of. Nope, she will respond to me, and that's just it. So, I'm going to pause on this one, do some talk in the chat, and then we're gonna I'm going to go over some thoughts on this afterwards, and then we'll call this one an episode. 
Uh, grew up in the same way, wanting what everybody else wanted, but fighting at every turn hurts you in the long run. Yeah, Chase is, and that's just it. This obviously the heavy Christian slant to this is an American phenomenon. Most the rest of the world is Christian light or secular, um, but everybody has this to some extent. Now, uh, deserves a divorce rate from the seven point five. See, that's just it. Deserves got nothing to do with this stuff guys here in the chat saying he deserves to be a divorce rape in other words to lose half his stuff nobody deserves anything you you get what you earn and that's just all there is to it uh john watts again mormons don't want him either which is funny i don't know i think mormons will take they'll take anybody as long as they're good and don't drink coffee um obviously i've seen you guys in the chat here most of you guys are on board with this. I'm preaching the converted. This is mostly for new people who haven't been here before. So my thoughts on this. It's easy just to say this is a loser mindset. And yes, I saw you there, Republic of Awesome. It's easy to say this guy's just a beta bucks. He's just an idiot. Very dismissive. But there's a serious issue with this. And the serious issue is how does a man fix his own life? And the easy answer to that is he just doesn't. Uh, thank you, Chase Robodeau, for the $5 super chat there. No comment attached to it, but that's okay. What you take from this is you just have to understand the layout. Now, there's a Whisper article on this one, and I'll kind of go over it briefly, where they talk about why promiscuity, casual sex, and people waiting later in life to get married or, perform, or get into long-term relationships is a thing. It's basically because of the information age. So even as far, even as close to the modern day as the 1950s chances are you would be able to get i would even say the 1970s actually you were able to get out of high school and get a job there was a job at the mill there was a job at the plant all those manufacturing jobs those are done by high school graduates now your sexual your sexual maturity happens around 13 14 let's be generous there but you're not really supposed to have sex. Everybody kind of pushes that on to you. Telling a guy to wait until he's 18, 17, 18, you can do that. People can wait four years. Girls can wait four years. Then gets his job at the mill, gets himself a girlfriend. They get married at 20 to 23. They fool around a little bit beforehand. But the point is there's a small gap between sexual maturity and economic independence. The problem is nowadays a high school degree isn't enough not only do you need high school you have to do four years of college maybe two years for an lsat and legal law degree a couple more years for a phd you've spread it out to the point where somebody's 28 before they actually become economically independent and even then with the way house prices have been going because of the boomers taking it all there's a good chance that you may never be that economic independent and so what it's doing is it's pushing people's desire to settle down till much later in life so while it was easy to say for a couple years, keep it in your pants, you can't do that for a decade. People are just going to fool around, and that's just a law of nature. So by still trying to work with the old contract or the old social order, you're never going to get happiness because you're fighting against, or what was they say in Blade? Skating uphill. Ice skating uphill. Uh, Bagley, $5 super chat. Seems like this guy is suffering from that noble martyrdom I've heard you speak of before. Exactly. He literally wants to sacrifice him, his well-being, and all of his potential just to make a girl happy. And this is like a worshiping of women that really doesn't do any good nowadays. Because women don't need it. They don't want it. They don't have to have it. So 
while a lot of guys say, well, just go MGTOW, don't make women the center of your world. That's the thing. The center of your world, that's what this, that's what this is. Having your fun, getting your own, not settling down unless it's a good deal for you, unless there's a great value add, that's something we can all get behind. But waiting for the world to bend to your will is just not it. Um, yeah, I wish I could say more on it. As far as fixing this guy, there's really nothing you can do. He has to learn it the hard way. I mean, between his religious and his parents, and the parents, here's another point too. The parents, they mean well, but they're not helping him. Dad and mom, high school sweethearts. They're the first ones that they ever schlepped. So every piece of advice they're going to give him is based on the idea of meeting your wife at high school in grade 10, whatever. And then marrying her the first chance you got in your job at the mill or whatever. Those days are gone. So not only are guys not prepared for it right now, not only has, you know, their pastor or their community been filling their head with such ancient nonsense for 18, 19 years of their life, their parents, the people who are supposed to love them above everything are still giving them bad advice. And it's really hard to accept that somebody can be well-meaning, they can love you, but they can still cause you harm. So it it becomes impossible for you to red pill a guy like this. Because who's he going to believe? His parents who raised him? Or are they going to believe you, some random douche on the internet? Probably not. And the moral superiority that Chase is talking about, it kind of comes from that. He's so self-assured. Everybody has promised him, yes, this is how it works. I guarantee it. He believes it so feverishly that his brain has largely become plastic about it. Like, it'll never change. So he requires a trauma or an anger phase, and that's kind of why this one was in here as the first article to read through. It's kind of designed to get you angry. If you're the kind of guy who thinks that you should have married your high school sweetheart, she should like you when you put food on the table, reading something like this gets you mad. And the purpose of anger is to rewire your mental models. You get angry it increases your neuroplasticity. Your brain becomes open to actually taking on new information. It's a very empathic story. It resonates with a lot of guys, young and old. And so that's the point of it. <laughs> See, I like how Chesty puts it in here. That's more trad than anything. His models are irregular and his ethos is stepping on his dick. I'm not going to lie, too. That's the other thing. Um, I'm sure everybody here loves to do the tradition that's gone on for the 2000, 2008-ish era, arguing on the internet. I'd say don't do it, but when you do do it, have a real conversation with a guy like this. What you're going to find out is, like Chesty is saying here, largely inconsistent beliefs. There is no guiding principle, or what you would call a deep narrative. If you don't know, a deep narrative is a collection of mental models. Christianity, for the large part, is a deep narrative. Within it are a bunch of different mental models. That, like, what would Jesus do? The no sex before marriage? All those things that you would think about that make you a good Christian boy, a good husband, a good father, pillar of the community, those all blanket underneath the what would Jesus do narrative there. So Dujardin, or Dejardin, Dujardin? What the hell? That's like a weird, like, Indian-French mix. Anyways, what's a practical way of changing his mental model to one that works better? There isn't. I actually got a lot of grief on one, a couple videos I have in relationship breakdowns where I talk about this guy's not going to take the advice. Here's something for you to take away from it. And I fully believe that only because of experience, if nothing else. You can't fix guys that don't want to be fixed any more than you can turn a hoe into a housewife. It's not going to happen. 
This guy wants to fail because he wants to be right more than anything. He doesn't want to have a solution. He wants to be mad. Can't do anything about it. Especially now. He's 32. So he's been living like this for a decade now. Do you think he's not hooked on this like a drug? To him, this anger at the life that's done him wrong is like heroin. Can't fix it. Unfortunately, what has to happen is he has to settle down with a girl. She has to basically take him for everything. Betray him in some way. Huge way. And that's the only way I've ever seen a guy like this willing to fix his lot in life. Having said that, he's a lawyer working in L.A. I almost wonder if it's delicious taco. <laughs> Anyways, takeaways from this. One, your paycheck is not what makes you mad. Alpha fucks and beta bucks. Understand that being attractive, being a luxury brand, is the way you need to market yourself as a man in this day and age, not as a commodity. And the first part to being a luxury brand is scarcity. But we'll do some super chats here, and then we're going to call this one an episode. So Mackin156, thank you for the $7 super chat. Sometimes I feel like an outsider and weirdo being surrounded by blue-pilled environment, but surprisingly, it feels really good. Yeah. And I think it comes to the core of what, because blue pills never really define. It's just anything that's not red pill is blue pill. And a lot of the worry that people have when they're blue pilled is social validation. They want to think what the people around them think. They want social cohesion. They don't want to cause any rifts. They want to go along to get along. Once you've sufficiently red-pilled yourself to the world, you understand that you come first, or as Roycey puts it, life's given you the short end of the stick, so your job is to sharpen it, stab it in the heart of anybody who gets in your way. So once you can get into that level of self-interest, you start to realize that you can enjoy people for what they are, not what you want them to be, and you don't require or even search for their validation. You don't look to appease them. It's just strict value transactions. What makes my life more valuable by being around person X? What do I offer person X that would make them want to be more valuable around me? And then when you find deficiencies in that, the kind of people you attract, maybe aren't up to the caliber that you think you, you would like, then you know there's an improvement aspect to yourself that you have to do. Fix your marketing. Maybe you find that there's people that are lower quality than you, whatever way you want to define that, and you don't like hanging around them. Well, you don't need that social validation that requires you to appease them. You can basically just tell them to pound sand or better yet, don't say anything at all and just leave. And this is something that a lot of the rage bait MGTOW channels don't really talk about because they're too busy. Here's the ironic part. Too busy placating the audience. Like I'm not going to name names, but I'm sure you guys know a lot of these other red pill channels. And they basically tell you what you want to hear. Women bad. Women did wrong. You're okay. You're a good person. They may not outright say it, but they infer it. And they put all the pieces in place to have you draw that conclusion women are hoes men are great she did wrong here's some revenge porn here's a girl getting dumped and has to pay child support what was that one adele when she had to pay child or alimony to her husband oh everybody was loving that even though it has nothing to do with you <laughs> marty i thought this was the only channel <laughs> all right so we're gonna end it off there just some some chit chat here for the next couple minutes and we'll then we'll call it at that point um Yes, thanks. So the mustache, it's only going to be here till end of the week. I think I've got an appointment to actually get a haircut finally. So i got a video coming out. It's going to be pretty good. Yeah, I wish I could say this is like something I tried to do, but it's just the way my mustache grows. The middle part doesn't really grow very fast or very much, but the outside grows quickly. I have a feeling I got some Salvador Dali jeans in me. <laughs> but yeah, and Macon, 
again, look through his chat here where he says he feels like an outsider and it's cool. Like there's something, there's something very freeing about, I always say hater just a little bit, but it's kind of hating everybody just a little bit. It really puts the onus on them to show you why they deserve your gifts, whatever they may be. There we go. So on that note, I'm going to leave you guys to it. We're going to make these ones quick. Um, if this does well and it takes off, I'm probably going to film a bunch more of them. They're going to be a whole bunch. So the Misandry Bubble, Estar Villa, um, Robert Glover, Manuel Smith. A whole bunch of things to talk about. <laughs> go full musketeer, go team. No, man. I I, I miss being clean-shaven and well, well-groomed. I gave it a try. Um, I don't like it. It's like sleeping on a hay bale. I do not like it at all. But anyways, so... On that note, I'm going to leave you guys to it. I'll catch you on the next one here.